I'm Amber Lowther, journalist and blogger at Fashion Avenue, which is your one-stop shop for all things fashion and beauty, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm speaking to the very fashion-forward and talented Michelle Aznavorian, founder of designer fashion label Misha Collection. Worn by celebrities like Adriana Lima, Bella Hadid, and J-Lo, Misha Collection is unstoppable. If you're keen to know how Michelle started the brand and how she keeps up with the ever-evolving fashion world, then make sure you keep on listening. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the Fashion Avenue podcast. Please. Pleasure. Thank Thanks you. for jumping a call with me. No worries. So I wanted to jump straight in and ask you why fashion and what is it about fashion that drew you to it? Well, you know what? I think it was um, I think it was part of my childhood. Um, coming from an Italian Armenian background, um, my sister and I were always so immaculately dressed and with beautiful dresses and shoes. And my mum always had to have everything made in Italy. Um, so I think I just grew up, um, you know, loving fashion and um, I think I was just destined for it. Yeah, perfect. It's kind of helpful when your mum's kind of into all of that as well. Absolutely. (laughs) And I read that you had actually started out running an eBay store while you were studying. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, I was actually, I think about 16 or 17 and um, mum used to drive me around op shops where I came up with the idea, how can I make more money? I was uh, already working part-time and Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I wanted to do more with my time so I said to mum I want to go around to op shops um, and have a look at what's out there and see if there's any designer clothes that I can find that I can sell on eBay because eBay was very new back then so she'd drive me around and I'd find all sorts of special items like Versace blazer jackets and Prada wallets and all sorts of things and I just sell them on eBay and I uh I saved up um, quite a bit of money. I bought my first car. Wow. Um, and, then I, <laughs> and then I saved up um, and paid for my education for fashion school a couple of years later. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And going back to study, well, I'm personally a massive advocate for education. I'm all for it. Do you think that it's helped you along the way or do you think you could have started your business without it? Um, what helped me is, well, when I was working part-time, I actually applied for an internship um, and I was in buying, and that's really what helped me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was getting really good grades at fashion school because I was learning everything on the job. Yeah. Um, so I was working in head office, uh, doing lab dips and learning about buy plans and margins, and I ended up getting the job there. Wow. So I was studying while I was uh, learning buying and product development, which is what helped me start the business. Yeah, I'm I'm personally, I'm so big on internships. I did quite a few uh, in uni myself and I just think it's really important to have that hands-on experience alongside all the theory and everything. Absolutely. And even when we have interns in the office now, I, I always pull them into fitting so they can see how it all works and, um, you know, get them to really experience uh, what it's like to work for a fashion brand. Um, and I get them to work across different departments as well, even if they're uh, you know, their love is for fashion um, or product development, design. I get them to work into marketing or wholesale because, you know, there's also um, fun and exciting things happening in different areas, not just design. Yeah, I really like that. It's good to give them an all-round kind of view on everything because I guess yeah. at the end of the day, if they want to start their own label, it'd be nice to kind of see how it all works. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's, it's funny because one of the um, interns that was working with us, she was actually studying design and 
and I was explaining to her the different areas of the fashion business and I was explaining to her wholesale how sales is just not sales, you know, in fashion. It's like traveling and it's showing collections to buyers and, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, traveling to Paris. You know, there's so many exciting things, Yeah. Um, you know, to each department, even PR. I love PR and working with celebrities and stylists. Yeah, lots of opportunities in different departments. So fun. And what was the turning point for you from going to having your eBay store to actually designing your own clothes? Well, I actually, um, after I started the uh, eBay store, I ended up um, a couple of years after that, I ended up um, jumping onto AliExpress because someone had told me about it oh, yes. um, during a, a, um, a conversation uh, over dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that night I jumped on and I had a look and there was all... And, AliExpress was quite new back then as well. And there was all these like products, dresses from, I could buy directly from China and resell them. So I actually started off doing that. Um, And I I was doing really well at it. Uh, I had a Facebook store and Facebook was quite new with the shopping experience. (laughs) Um, And having a, yeah, having an online store there, I was actually selling quite a bit of product. Um, And I thought to myself, hang on a minute, but how do I evolve from this? Because I want to be, I want it to be mine rather than buying, uh, you know, someone else's designs and selling it. I wanted it to be um, authentic and, and my work. So I started to design and obviously you need to save up a bit of bank for that. Um, I designed two dresses uh, and I put them online and they sold out in two weeks. And oh my I, gosh. Yes, I, I still remember exactly what they look like. Wow. And I've actually still got the original samples. Oh, that's great. <laughs> bit of a memento for you. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to ask you if you remembered your first design. Was it one of those, well, both of those dresses then? Yeah, I, I remember both. And um, I look back at them now, I'm like, oh my God, how did how did I even make these? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Would you would you make them now? Or are you just like, oh my God, the that is something. was great. It was just, I think, the execution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we're working with completely different factories now and there's, there's such an evolution that's happened. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess you kind of learn along the way, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. learn a lot. <laughs> and what has, do you think, what has been your biggest challenge in starting your own brand? Um, I think it, it'd be experience. Um, yeah, when I started the brand, I was 23 years wow, old. Wow, that's young. So, um, yeah, I didn't have any experience. I had just worked as a buyer's assistant. Um, so, you know, I had to sort of learn everything myself and I didn't have any mentors or anyone to guide me so you know with a lot of mistakes but always listening to my gut Mm -hmm. um that's pretty much how I I got to where I was where I am now but yes some um life-changing decisions had to be made so when I quit my first job to when I uh, signed a lease a three-year lease on a warehouse you know that was all pretty big risks I had to take um which was you know really challenging for such a young girl yeah Um, and I had lots of inquiries from the U.S. and I was dealing with major uh stockers um like Revolve and Neiman Marcus and Saks in my first year of business wow so I was relying a lot on uh I had a solicitor who ended up being a good friend and I rely on him a lot and a good accountant and work closely uh, with them to try and uh, 
build it and put the structure in. Yeah, right. Also about having those resources to help you as well, right? You know, you it can is. do all the designing in the world, but unless you have, you know, a good accountant and all of that, it, it does help. Yeah, there's lots of moving parts. And when you know nothing about foreign exchange currencies and yeah. <laughs> anything like that at 23, <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I don't know anything about foreign exchange <laughs> currencies. And I'm hitting 25, so. <laughs> and what advice would you give to someone who might be looking to take the next step and get their designs manufactured? Um, I would say try and find a, a mentor, somebody that's sort of uh, been down that path before. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you find them on LinkedIn or, um, you know, do your research as well, especially with manufacturers. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you don't know anybody, um, it can be quite uh, daunting to, you know, find a factory that can, I, I guess, explain the dream to you of who they are and all the brands that they've worked for. But I think it's important to actually go there um, and and see for yourself whether it's legitimate because there's a, yeah. a lot of things out there. So I would say, yeah, that would be the number one thing. Travel to China, get to know the factory before you start producing and try and find a mentor. Yeah, perfect. Great, great tips there because I think a lot of people might, you know, rush into things and not really yeah. do that, you know, do that time to really um, sit down and, and get to know who, who they're giving their designs to, all that responsibility. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. And I'm all about moving quickly, but mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah, just head there take one trip there and back and uh, you know you only need three or four days to go and see a whole lot of factories and you can find them on AliExpress Um, there's lots of ways you can find them yeah okay great well hopefully someone will be able to take that on board that's listening so that's perfect and what do you think is the secret to maintaining and growing a brand in such a fast-paced industry Um, I think you have to constantly uh, keep evolving and uh, move quickly Um, move efficiently and move quickly because it's a it's a very fast changing um, industry and you've always got to stay ahead of the game you've always got to understand what your competitors are doing and what you're doing better Mm -hmm. Um, and you know making sure that you have a plan in place and that you've got a strategy of how you want to grow and uh, how you want to achieve your your vision yeah and can I ask back in uni I did fashion as well but I did a lot of um kind of subjects in trend forecasting and that was something that was really interesting to me I'd love to know as a designer how do you kind of months out plan for something that's going to drop in you know in six or 12 months time like how do you kind of forecast those trends for for Misha yeah, well, um, it's funny because we've been sort of forecasting that through um, Instagram, through fashion shows, and only just recently we've signed with, um, we've got a program called WGSN, which look at... Oh, looks I at, love um, WGSN. Yeah, oh my God, I've had it for like two weeks and I'm obsessed with it. How good um, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that helps now, um, but obviously you've got to be a little bit more established to get that program up and running. But yeah. um, at the beginning, it's all about being on social media as many hours of the day as possible, um, mm-hmm. looking at what celebrities are wearing and uh, the, the fashion shows um, and just being uh, really in tune with all of that. Yeah, that's so interesting. I found it really interesting learning about trend forecasting because, yeah, as you said, using WGSN, you can kind of really get in there and even look at like food trends and how they affect fashion. And it's Absolutely. just it's so interesting. And even, you know, to learn about, um, uh, they show you about packaging and what the trend is for packaging yeah. and, um, you know, accessories and shoes and swimwear and colours for different hemispheres. So mm-hmm. when you're dealing with both hemispheres, you've also got to have a collection 
that's diverse and that will cater yeah. for those two hemispheres as well. So that helps you, WGS and helps you plan that. That's amazing. What a great program. <laughs> I, I loved having that. I had it in uni. We obviously got to have access to it through uni and now I'm just like, oh God, I miss that. It was just so interesting to even just go on there and read, even if, uh, you know, I wasn't wanting to make anything. I just, it was so full of information. Absolutely. And it's got also um, things about marketing and yeah. uh, trends and all sorts of things. So mm. yeah, it's, it's a really good program. It's a little gold mine, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and how would you describe the target Misha collection customer? Well, I would say our Misha girl is a confident woman um, and she wants an outfit that will show off her personality. Um, she wants to stand out from the crowd and um, she knows what's fashion, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't want anyone else to wear the same thing as her and she's a daring woman. Perfect. I love that. And as a designer, how do you continue to evolve with each collection and make it kind of different from the one before it? So um, I think it's important to always like push it push your boundaries so um, I'm never ever happy with the collection I'm usually never happy and after <laughs> I've done a photo shoot and I've seen it a million times I usually hate it oh <laughs> but God. apparently this is normal for a creative person yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was speaking to other designers and they're like hey, exactly the same but um, mm-hmm. I think because you see it day in day out yeah, but, um, true. I think that uh, well I think it's important to have someone critique your collection so um, every season before we actually start the sample process I get a team of consultants in Wow. Industry consultants, so whether they're stylists, um, whether they work for um, fashion agencies, like wholesale fashion agencies, mm-hmm. so they have got more of a sales perspective, um, and someone from um, marketing background of fashion, I get them in and I get them to critique the range, and that really helps me um, push my limits as well. That's great. Um, and, and ensure that I'm always evolving the collection, and I say to them, just critique as much as you want. There's no hard feelings here. Mm-hmm. It's not emotional. It's business. And yeah. uh, I think it's a um, it's really good. And if you, if you don't have a team of consultants, you can get friends or people that you think could be your target market or your customer group to have a look at your designs and, and let them, you know, let you know what you could improve in. That's such a great idea. Relevant. Yeah, that's such a great way to evolve because I think also sometimes it's good to kind of even branch out of your immediate circle and get, get that perspective. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And what do you think it is about Misha Collection that's different to other fashion brands out there? And what's your point of difference, do you think? I think that the designs are so considered um, and the fabrications that we use um, are all developed in-house. Um, the prints are all developed in-house. So that really sets us apart from other brands. Um, and it's just the way that we market and the message that we send to our customer and who the Misha woman is and how she's empowering. And we do that all the way through from design or um, through to Instagram and social media. So working with um, you know creative teams to help us execute the vision of the brand. Yeah, perfect. Amazing. I love that. And your designs have have been worn by celebrities like J-Lo, Bella Hadid, Adriana Lima, the list goes on, which is amazing. Um, How important has it been for you to get your designs on celebrities and what's it been like for you to see them wear Misha Collection? I I would say it's absolutely helped the success of the brand Mm -hmm. because these women are so inspiring to others and, um, you know, when you see your designs come to life on um, such such beautiful women, um, it's truly an honour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always felt that uh, celebrities are a great marketing tool. 
Definitely. Um, it's not easy now. It's very competitive. Um, yeah. When I first started the business, it was a lot easier. There was not as much competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have strong designs and designs that speak to these celebrities, you know, it, it's uh, it's easier to get a placement. Totally, yeah. And I, I've seen, yeah, I've just seen Misha being worn by so many celebrities. I think it's it's amazing, and it just it just feels like that's a type of it's just them. Like it just it looks so amazing on them, and you're like it's kind of like almost made for them. Exactly. And you know, when we're in the design process, I'm always thinking about will that celebrity wear this? So right. if I'm, you know, if if I want to dress Bella or Kim or whoever it is. I always think to myself, is there at least 10% of the collection that they'll wear? Wow. Because if there's not, you're not going to get a placement. That's you a really know, good way to look at it. think about yeah, what they're wearing. What are these girls wearing? What do they want to wear? Um, and then how do I design something that I'm going to pretty much nearly guarantee a placement? Yeah. And, and what's your relationship like with, you know, celebrity stylists, for example? Yeah. So our relationship's really strong, especially with Australian celeb stylists. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we've got a US PR agency that uh, is the middleman between us and those stylists, okay. those celebrity stylists there. So that works really well. Um, and we've built our Australian uh, stylists relationships over the last six years so that I would say is quite wrong um, mm-hmm. being a Melbourne based brand it's a really a little bit trickier especially when um, a lot of uh, fashion events and um, stylists are based in Sydney yeah so we're always working to you know try and uh, keep up those relationships as well even being down in Melbourne yeah well at least Melbourne still is a very strong fashion capital in Australia yeah, absolutely. you know you do yeah, have a lot going everywhere. on there. yeah exactly <laughs> if only and yeah. who would be your dream person to wear our major collection ah okay I haven't even thought about it <laughs> um I would say <laughs> you call me off guard I don't I I don't know because I don't I wouldn't want to say like a a candle because I feel like you know that's you know that's achievable um mm-hmm. someone that I would love to wear Misha maybe like Cher oh my god how amazing <laughs> she was a fashion icon oh, oh I would love god. for her to wear it and how then everyone incredible. would wear it <laughs> yes oh my god Cher incredible well hopefully one day yeah hopefully. dress her for a tour And you brought Bella Hadid to Australia for Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week a few years ago to walk for Misha. Tell me about that. Well, that was a whirlwind. (laughs) That was probably one of the biggest highlights of my career. Um, You know, it was a big risk we took. Um, It was in 2016. Um, She wasn't a huge name there. It was more um, Gigi. That was a big name. So it was a, a risk. Um, with that, but she is a mega star now, so that yes. all worked out well. And yeah. I listened to my gut, yeah. um, which is the most important thing to do in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to shoot a campaign with her in New York, um, fly her down to Sydney. She spent a couple of days here. She was lovely, very hardworking. Um, and, you know, she exceeded our expectations, went above and beyond for the brand as well. Oh, that's lovely. So, 
it all worked out really well. Oh. Um, incredible experience, really got the name out there as well. Yeah, what a perfect partnership there. That's great. Yeah, um, it was uh, Yeah, it was quite interesting, the whole process. Um, again, that was three years ago. So, And she's totally blown up since then too. So, yeah, good yeah. on you for listening yeah. to your gut. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a good choice. Yeah, and I want to talk about your uh, pre-fall collection. So mm-hmm. it features stud detailing, bright fuchsia, denim, sequins, can you tell me about this collection? Yes, yeah, so it's uh, it's got a lot of variety. Uh, sales are fantastic on it. Um, they're really classic niche silhouettes, mm-hmm. so um, shapes that we know our customers come to us for. We've um, recently introduced lots of new colorways. Misha was also always known for um, more your monochrome colors, but now we're experimenting with fuchsias and like it's amazing. Uh, we've also introduced um, day to night wear, like shirting, shirt tops, um, and mm-hmm. it's quite interesting. We did a survey and we found that a lot of customers wanted day wear for us, um, from us, which is yeah. quite interesting considering we're such an evening um, brand. So. Yeah. That's been doing fantastic. Great. So, um, yeah, and denim. We've introduced denim that's nearly sold out now. Yeah, so. that's amazing. Yeah, I yeah. saw I saw that and I was like, oh, wow, evolving. Exactly. <laughs> I love and it. that's all part of evolving the brand, increasing your product categories, the diversity, the number of SKUs you're offering your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I think it's really important and it's great that you're listening to your customers and what they actually want. Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. Um, you know, they're the ones that, buying from you um regular um surveys is so important to you know get that customer perspective as well and you'd be surprised with sometimes what you see and what they want from you like handbags and shoes oh wow so yeah it's interesting oh amazing (laughs) yeah watch this face yeah (laughs) i'm excited (laughs) and can you tell us what we can expect to see from your next collection so the next collection will be um resorts um, and you'll see a lot of um, colour again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a resort collection, a lot of shirting, different um, shaped silhouettes. So we've always done the body cum, but you're going to be seeing it from different silhouettes. So it's nice. not so um, yeah, specific to the girl that loves a tight dress, mm-hmm. um, which is always really exciting. Um, and really fancy special fabrics. Um, and again, you know, those fancy shapes and styles that you would see celebs wearing. Oh, I'm excited. It sounds mm-hmm. lovely. <laughs> Yay. And when's that launching? Uh, so that's launching in August. Perfect. Okay. Got a couple of months. Great. <laughs> awesome. And what's one piece we should all have in our wardrobes, do you think? I would say a classic blazer dress. It's something that we do really well and that we're known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that every woman should have one because it's chic and it's cool and you can wear it all different ways as well. You can wear it with flats. You can wear it with stockings and boots. Mm-hmm. You can wear it as an open jacket. So, um, yeah, that's my top pick. Yeah, that's a good choice. And, yeah, mm-hmm. as you said, Misha does that so well. So, <laughs> perfect. So, you know where to get it, everyone. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost winter. I think this one, this podcast will be launched in winter, though. But what should we be incorporating into our style this season? Uh, for winter, I would say suits are very much on trend. Mm-hmm. So, um, And it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. So, yeah. a nice tailored um, pant and a suit jacket. Um, a cord, uh, I think, is the way to go this winter. I agree, totally. And even in a pop colour or a tweed or, or something yes. with an interesting fabric or an, in- an interesting shape, um, mm-hmm. you don't want it to look corporate, so it's got to be, you know, 
a fashion jacket or a fashion piece in a, yeah. in a cool colour or fabric. I quite like that. Yeah. And it's funny seeing like a lot of people are donning that for races and whatnot. It's just kind of heading that way as well, which I'm I'm really loving. <laughs> and I didn't yeah, think I would, same. but I'm, I'm really <laughs> loving it. It's great. I want to talk about this. So in 2017, you took out first place in the Ernst mm-hmm. & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Awards in the Emerging category. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank and you. That's all right. And what was that like for you and what, what's been your proudest moment of your career? I think that that was my, well, I would say bringing Bella Hadid to Sydney Fashion Week mm-hmm. uh, and shaking up the, the uh, um, Fashion Week there and yeah. then also doing the EY Awards. Um, yeah. It was a very daunting and difficult process. There was mm-hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs there. Um, it was a very intensive um, uh, process to go through and um, I I can't believe I won it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think that what they saw in, in me um, as an entrepreneur is the risks that I took to get to where I was yeah, wow. because I guess without risks, how can you really be an, an entrepreneur? You, you need to take the risks and go out there and, um, you know, build your dreams and get your goals there. So, um, yeah, that would be my definitely my proudest moment um, to be recognised by industry professionals. Yeah, wonderful. And I guess being in the fashion category too, I guess you're kind of like, wow, that's great. They're actually taking notice. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when there's tech companies and yeah. there's always, you know, um, huge startups um, to be recognised as a fashion label. Um, mm. I didn't expect it. So I was yeah. pleasantly surprised. Oh, that's great. And you're probably like, well, I'm doing something right. I won yeah, this. So. Absolutely. <laughs> great. It's nice to have that kind kind of like cemented moment when you're like, okay, I'm doing yeah. all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. And what's coming up next for Misha Collection? Uh, we've got a lot of exciting things. Uh, we've got our new website launching on the 1st of July. Uh, we're extending our product ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots to look forward to. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm. Yay. Okay, well, yes. keep an eye out, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and where can we get our hands on Misha Collection? So so you can jump online at www.mishicollection.com.au mm-hmm. um, or our major AU stock is Maya, uh, okay, the iconic. Uh, and then we've got lots of different boutiques globally um, that can be found on our website. Lovely. Perfect. So easy. So I want to jump into a few random questions mm-hmm. for you. This is what I do okay. with everyone. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so number one, would you rather be able to detect any lie you hear? or get away with any lie you tell? Um, get away with any lie. Yeah. So you'd rather detect any lie you hear? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Perfect. That's a good one. I don't know what I would choose, to be honest. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the <laughs> first an interesting one. question. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. And number two, if you could only wear one colour for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Uh, I would say black. Yeah. It's probably most people's choice, but it's just so easy. Yeah, classic. <laughs> you can match it with anything. It's just easy. Yeah, true. Yeah, should have known. I'd probably go that one too, to be What's honest. Yours? Oh, I, I probably would go that one because I, I wear a lot of black and I'm trying to branch out more into colour. But oh it's, it's so but safe. I always but just go back to it. I know. I think like people kind of get shocked when I wear colour because <laughs> because I wear so much black. But I think for special occasions, I will go out and wear colour and it's kind of like that, that thing that I just do. And everyone's like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, but that makes it so much more special because they're not used to seeing you in colour all the time. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, I remember for my 21st, I had like this 
black and gold themed party, but I rocked up in this bright, like beautiful blue gown. <laughs> Just threw everyone off. <laughs> Just to stand out. Why not? <laughs> Just a little one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just had to be a bit extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, number three, would you rather wear leather or lace? Leather. Oh, good one. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. I, I'm really into leather right now and I think it's just really cool and edgy and mm. it's, again, um, quite easy to pair other things back with it. Yeah, perfect. And so good coming up into all these colder months as well. Oh, yeah, so good. It's a staple. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the Fashion Avenue podcast. I really appreciate having you on. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. No Thanks worries. for making the time to chat to me. Oh, no worries. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Fashion Avenue is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. Created, produced and hosted by Amber Lowther. Check out fashion-avenue.co and our Instagram at Fashion Avenue Podcast. Editorial support provided by Tegan Sides. Executive producers are Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio storytelling, head to hit.com.au and most importantly, don't forget to subscribe.